Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 172. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, I'm going to keep the intro brief this week. I've got a lot to tell you about my recent trip to New York, the podcast I recorded there, the stuff that that went down, uh, New York and LA. But um, I'm going to put that all at the end, because we've got a big guest this week, and it's Michael Fassbender, and I think that's going to bring one or two listeners who aren't regular uh, listeners and might not not want to be bored with my stories of my trips. I know you regular uh, listeners, the millions of you who already tune in, always want to hear my boring stories, but a few of the new guys might not, so I'm going to be respectful of that and do a long outro and a short intro. If this is your first time, though, um, you might want to check out some previous episodes or, or first of all w- welcome 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 and thank you for tuning in um but you might want to check some previous episodes we've had a james mcavoy um who obviously stars alongside michael fassbender in the x-men m- m- movies i've had paddy considine who starred alongside michael in uh, in macbeth i've had people like simon pegg stephen graham um, loads of really good actors and actresses. Um, yeah, a Kathy Burke, some really good people. So have a scroll through the back catalogue and see if any appeal. I had, Ed, I had Eddie Izzard a couple of weeks ago and it's a really good episode. So check them out. Um, this was a great one. I didn't want to announce it until it had actually been recorded because I was approached to uh, to have Michael on. And I'm a big fan. I think he's great. So I was very excited about that. But, you know, I don't like to hype things until they're in the bag. So I kept quiet on it. Um, I'm going to just stop talking and let us get into it. If you are new, you should all... This will be the first time you hear me say, everyone else has heard this every episode, that this week's podcast is brought to you by Speech Development Records, which is my record label, where you can buy Distraction Pieces podcast merch. You can buy CDs dvds and all sorts of stuff um this is a big episode and at the beginning i just like kind of hit kind of hiccuped as i was speaking it's always this ramshackle you might just want to listen to this one and then and never tune in again but um yeah it was great to, to, uh, to talk to michael and it was a true honor because he was doing a press run and i believe he only had four hours and they gave me 45 minutes of it which is massive you know the people who were in after me was like a round table of 20 journalists or something all all getting to talk at once so it meant the world that they 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 trust me enough to give me this time and we really hit it off and and i think we had a really good chat so i'm gonna let you be the judge of that but but what i what i will mention is that uh the snowman comes out this friday october 13th in cinemas all over the uk i believe it's the week after in the us so um check that out So yeah, I'll be back at the end, but for now, this is Distraction Pieces Podcast episode 172 with Michael Fassbender. It's hopefully a relief from the short quick ones you're having to do and we can have a bit more of a in-depth conversation i so, love it um uh, i'm joined by michael fassbender how are you sir i'm great how are you i'm good i'm good you're you're you've got to be 
one of the busiest men in 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 this industry at the moment. So are you are you keeping well? Are you looking after yourself? Actually, you know what? This year I, I haven't um, done much. I, I mean, I just finished shooting uh, X Men, but for the rest of the year I took I took off. Yeah, and, and, and that's been great. And that's a character <laughs> you've got to know. I was I was looking. I mean, I'm I'm a f- a fan of your work over the years, and I was I was kind Thank of you. doing a bit of research uh, leading up to this, and I noticed that. In the last ten years, you've done at least two to four films every year for the last ten years, which seems like an insane amount to to get through, considering how long these these projects take. So that's yeah. I think uh, I don't know fear of death or something. I'm not sure what. I just yeah. I just um, I had a, have you know had a lot had a lot of appetite for the work. Yeah, and when the opportunities come up, I guess it's it's something to jump upon and, and sink your teeth into yeah i don't know what it is i always just thought i'd go hell for leather until i'm 40 and then you know reassess things from there um and i've really enjoyed it uh, and uh, like i say i had a you know i just feel like i had the appetite for it and yeah. now this year i i've taken the year off and i have an appetite for taking time off <laughs> taking a yeah. time off Oh, oh, what do you you do to fill that time? What are you? Uh, I've been surfing uh, nice. a lot and um, racing Ferraris. <laughs> Amazing! Well, that's that's good ways to fill your time, isn't I it? Know, it's You've ridiculous. got time off. Absolutely it's than ridiculous. It's sitting around on the sofa. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll talk about a lot of stuff, but we've got to start off with the snowman, which I've just seen um, and and absolutely I loved it. Um, how was that to take on? Because it's kind of. It occurred to me there's there's not really been many kind of mysteries and thrillers in cinema in recent years. There's been an awful lot in TV with, and particularly Scandinavian with the bridge and the killing mm. and all these mm. kind of things. But it, 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 as it was unfolding, it was exciting to see that the, I don't see this on the big screen that often. So. No, you're right. I was talking to somebody about this recently as well. You know, in the eighties, you had a lot of these kind of yeah. films. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, Science of the Lambs. I might even be early nineties or whatever. But yeah, you're right. That sort of genres um, we don't see a lot of it nowadays. It's been replaced like with a lot more action. I think it feels like there, there'll well, still t- be some th- thrillers, but the, th- the, the thrillers will be action packed rather than tension packed. Which, which that's this right. certainly was. Well, I think you know the landscape of cinema has changed an awful lot yeah. in terms of like people like you and I, the sort of films that maybe we'd go see or that, that age bracket from 25 up. Yeah. People are watching a lot of things at home yeah. because the home entertainment systems are so good and, you know, people, you know, if they have, if people have kids, they've got to get babysitters, they've got to drive to the, the, the cinema and then, they, you know, cinema is quite expensive. Uh, you got to park the car, yeah, uh, all these things. Whereas now you can sit at home and, um, and, and have the sort of luxury of just being at home with a great with a great system at home yeah and that's why we've seen the evolution of television over you know the last 10 years or whatever it's been since the sopranos so yeah i think the landscape's just changed a lot it certainly it seems to have opened people up to take a greater risks because there is that 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 freedom of people can watch it at any time it's not that there's not obviously there's still a level of pressure with big blockbusters or whatever else but there's not as much pressure of we need to get that first weekend hit. Absolutely and that's right. It. There's that. Absolutely well, right. The, the, this is now you can do a project that's got depth and character, and not just here's five big names and a, a big trailer. The opening know? weekend, as you say, you know, yeah. which it sort of very much is about with the, with with films and cinema. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, 
things like The Wire, you know, can yeah. sort of take its time. And even though it of wasn't course. getting maybe the views that it would, should have been getting in the first year, it became yeah. a cult sort of classic and people started tuning into it years down the line. Um, so, you know, that's... Uh, it's a different it's a different medium in that respect and it it's it allows for that a lot more yeah know? yeah of course so was harry hole an exciting character to to, to take on because it, there's there's again there's a there's a lot of stories there which is ex- exciting i'd imagine from obviously you've you've, you've got this one here but it, it's a load of joe nesbo books and yeah, he's, yeah. he's a character that's got a lot of depth and history so so was that something that added to the appeal of yeah to be honest with be a you, lot of adventures yeah to be honest with you the the first appeal was working with thomas yeah uh, because i'd met him for tinker taylor and yeah. um i was shooting x-men first class at the time yeah and the schedules kind of clashed so we didn't get an opportunity to work together on that so i'd always remembered that meeting and of course then i you know i'd seen let the right one in yeah and then watched you know tinker taylor uh, after the, our meeting uh, and i just always thought you know wow i would have you know really liked to work with that guy so yeah. when he came back with this i was like fantastic here's the opportunity and then i, I loved the sort of uh, the premise of, the, yeah. of this character and this world read the script responded to it and then started reading the books yeah. and that was my first introduction to the books yeah and then i was like wow this character is great you know there's He's such a sort of, you know, he's not like you're, you know, he's definitely not like a diehard type cop, you know. Yeah, he, you know, when he gets into a tussle, he ends up coming out the worst for yeah. wear. I like that. There was something very funny about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he always sort of ends up with this, you know, physically he walks away with the memory of that case, you know, yeah. whether it's like he gets his ear chopped off or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I, there was something that I really liked about, endearing about that, and then the fact that he's kind of this sort of oddball, sort of antisocial sort of character. He's got one friend, I think, in the yeah. book that he sort of goes back to. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's very much his own person. I think that's very attractive. Yeah. Even though he's a mess uh, in terms of his drinking habits, uh, he's, he, he knows himself. Yeah. And, um, and he's not lying to himself. The- and that's one of the things I liked about it was it, it's not the cliche. Oh, he's a a, a maverick cop. He's a bit of a drunk because because <laughs> yeah. he never has that moment of yeah. I'm the big hero. He has that's th- right. He see he he resolves things. He is clearly the lead, but he will c- fall short and it will go wrong and go up and down. It's not this kind of oh he was on he was on the ropes. He's a but maverick then he's pulled on the it edge. Out. <laughs> exactly. It's like he's pulled it back out of nowhere. It's yeah. like no, he's. He's barely pulled it back. He's, That's right. He's lost a bit of it, kind of yeah. thing, you know. Plus, he's intelligent, you know. There's yeah. an intelligence to him. He uses his brain more than he uses his brawn. That's yeah. for sure, and I, I like that. Again, it's um, it's it's not Columbo, but, you know, it's kind of, there's something quirky about it uh, uh, rather than this sort of, you know, action hero type character. Completely, and it's, it's a character that I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. It's, it's popping up more and more in in film and TV at the moment where there are these intelligent characters who are the ones who are kind of writing the world off because in reality a lot of the state of the world the more intelligent you are the more you can see the more you're going to be that guy who's like I'm just going to dr- drink this away because right. the, the world isn't in the best 
a position as such. You know what? I was working on a job many, many years ago in uh, in Canada, uh, this film called Bear Named Winnie, and the yeah. gaffer said to me, uh, if you had uh, one wish, you know, what would it be? And I was, or maybe it was three, whatever. So yeah. I was like, health, obviously, that's the first one, yeah. you know. And take that. Take that. <laughs> and then I said to be really smart. And he was like, no. He was like, you, you want to be sort of ignorant. Yeah. Because the smarter you are, the reali- you realize how little you know and in some ways the more tortured you could become yeah whereas if you sort of walk around sort of ignorant ignorance is bliss as they say you know? yeah it's completely tr- true my favorite quote is um from J- J- jimmy stewart in harvey mm. and he says my mother always has said to me in this world elwood you can be oh so smart or oh so pleasant for years <laughs> i was smart I recommend pleasant. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's perfect. It yeah, is yeah. exactly that. It's yeah. like that level of smartness can, can be your downfall in the end. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I was always like, what is it with Harry and, and the drinking? And I think he just wants to, sh- you know, numb it out, yeah. you know, shut down the computer yeah. in his head because it's going all the time. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, he tends to sober up when he's got something that requires his full attention, like a serial killer on the yeah. loose. Uh, otherwise, he's just trying to turn the the engine off. That's that's what I like, though. That hunger for something to chase, as yeah. such, because it is a worthy in adversary where there isn't yeah. much going on, and it is these quiet towns. It's what made Fargo so great, and what yeah, made yeah, the killing fantastic. so great, and things like that. Where it is these towns where there's not much happening, and then then when it does, it's a bigger question of if people can rise. To, to the occasion it's not a new york cop who's seeing this all the time that's right you're in the middle of nowhere and you're you're waiting for this one thing to you do think to yourself my god there's a lot of serial killers in norway and scandinavia it's It's the serial capital of the world um so i mean you mentioned i let the right one in um being something you saw and, and and was appealing and the cinematography in that is something that's yeah. beautiful and amazing with the snowy landscapes. And that's what comes into this film as well. Mm-hmm. Just these, it's, I think it's Oslo and, and Bergen, it's, it's set, right. isn't it? And just the vastness of these landscapes and the, again, the comfort of a confident director to allow those to breathe at points and not kind of have to, to fill it with action-packed movement constantly. The first big chunk of the film is quite slow-paced and you are just taking in this... Imagine having to exist in this in this icy world, and it, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes a, a character like Harry all the more dangerous in a way because a drunk on the streets in Oslo is more likely to die than a drunk on the streets in LA. Yeah, if you know what I mean, because it is it's ice cold and that's it's, right, it's freezing. So, yeah. so I think so how the, was that to, I think to be out there and work in those conditions? Definitely, you know, I loved it. It was uh, it, Macbeth was way worse yeah, in terms of, of uh, the weather. Yeah, you know, uh, the the that was definitely um, weather wise the worst conditions that all of us experienced. Like the crew as well. You know, yeah, crew members that've been working on films for thirty years were like, whoa. You yeah, know, whether it was when we were up in Sky or down just outside London. There was a lot of flooding that year, um, so just the driving rain. And there's something about, you know, the dampness with the cold say, that gets did, into your bones. But did that Whereas, make, and, of all the projects for that to feel appropriate for, surely Macbeth was the perfect well, one. Well, we were like, it's, it's going to look great. You're we meant hope. to be damned and in pain and <laughs> exactly, broken. Exactly, exactly. We were like, well, this should lend it. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> it's uh, the thing about Norway is you got that dry cold. Yeah. So it's quite refreshing. I yeah. loved, I loved sharpness. that. Sharpness. Yeah, there's a sharpness to it. 
I felt great. There was one or two nights um, where uh, Oleg, who's um, Raquel, Harry's ex-girlfriend, yeah, yeah. her son, um, where they're out sort of going um, to, to see this, this concert. That was cold that night. I yeah. think that was the, the coldest it got. I can't remember exactly what it was, maybe n- minus 20 or something wow. like that. Um, and, and again, because it's nighttime, it was, yeah. it was pretty chilly. But other than that, I, I really enjoyed it. I actually got to ski for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. Which must have made the producers a little nervous. I was say, that was allowed when <laughs> weren't on a filming schedule and the allowed, risk of injuring yourself. I'm not yourself. sure. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, I thought, hey, come on, we're right beside this snow piece. I've got to give it a go. And I, I loved it, yeah. I was, I was working with um, Stephen Graham on a project. Oh, a, yeah. I a, worked with him years a, ago. A year or so ago, and he'd just finished... Pirates of the Caribbean, he was saying it was the best because a week in, a, a Johnny Depp injured himself, which meant they just all had a month off in, in the, Caribbean. the Caribbean. They were like, well, we can't shoot for a month, so yeah. but there's no point in sending us all home. We've got it all here. And so were they up. on an so island? He didn't go crazy were, after a while? They yeah. were off somewhere nice, but Steve, he, he got he to bring entertain. his family out oh, yeah, and yeah. all that kind of He was like, this is perfect. We just yeah, got yeah, it. It was yeah. like, I'm gutted. It's all held up. And yeah, this, is, this isn't ideal, if I'm honest, but we'll try to just like... Great, but yeah, that, that's a risky one to go skiing in the middle of. It is, I promised them I'd <laughs> be careful. Particularly for the first time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess so. It was, uh, I, did, I did sort of, I was careful, as careful as you can be, I guess, skiing for the first time. Of course. So does the travelling part of it appeal to you in acting? Because again, you've done a lot of roles that seem to be in all sorts of climates and, and locations. Is that something that... That motivates in that way. Yeah, you know, I love going to different places. And it's not um, like, let's say, going on a holiday somewhere. Because you're working with local crews, Yeah, you've got the local knowledge. Yeah. So you experience um, cities and countries in a very specific way. The best way you're going to experience them. And then also, you end up in places that you might never go to. You know... um, uh, like between oceans, it was, it, we're in a place called Cape Campbell, which was a very isolated part of northeast coast of uh, of New Zealand. Oh wow! And stunning and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of films have taken me to Romania and countryside uh, spots in Romania, and just lots of different places. And again, you get sort of a fast track into seeing yeah. what the real culture is like. Because you're going out with the crew you've got and such emptiness and vastness yeah. at points that you need to kind of know where you're going as such that's to, right to stumble upon the right and just in general right you know if you're going to a place for two weeks and you, you know you I, that's the great thing about the internet now you can really sort of research yeah. and find things yeah, and, yeah yeah you know whether it be lonely planet timeout or any of these things as yeah. well you can get a sort of idea but you still never get that uh, local plug-in you yeah, know and um, makes all the difference and that's 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 really a, the great one of the great perks about traveling and moving with the job. But also, you know, it, I get apartments as opposed to staying in hotels. Yeah, because to try oh, and set great. up some, you know, feeling of a of a home when you're there, of home and a base, r- r- rather than a room that you you've never really unpacked your bags and that's never right. really because I've done that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you tr- 
a travel a lot as a kid? No. Because you grew up in Ireland, right? Mm. Were you born in Germany or, or I was born Germany? in Germany, yeah. We moved to Ireland, Ireland when I was two. So we did that crossing a lot to Germany. Yeah, yeah. But that was kind of the, the only really holidays. We, took to, we used to take holidays up to Northern Ireland and then back to Germany to see yeah. the relatives there. Um, but when I left drama school, because that was, you know, obviously you pay for the fees and everything, I didn't really take many ho- any holidays at that point. No. But as soon as I could, and as soon as I had money, I went, you know, and started traveling places, South America, and um, whenever I could get away, I did. Yeah. What was the route, or or was acting always the goal of growing up in Ireland? Because Ireland has got very much um, an enclosed kind of TV and film industry and things like that. There's there's a lot of amazing drama and TV made, but very much made by Ireland for Ireland. Mm. And then it tends to be everyone I know who's come from that area adventures uh, uh, out of it to find the the broader industry as, as such. Well, I guess, you know, it just sort of happened. I started um, when I realized I wanted to do acting when I was 17. And then a friend of mine, Owen O'Shea, uh, had gone off to Cork to do a media studies course there at Cloche de Stefan Nefa. And he said to me, hey, listen, because I was thinking at that point, I was like, what am I going to do? I just directed some friends in a play of Reservoir Dogs, but everybody had gone off to university. Yeah. And I was sort of still in in Killarney. And I was actually going to go and work in hotels and go traveling maybe. You know, a friend of mine, dad, had a hotel in Austria, and I was going to see maybe I could work in the kitchen there. Yeah. Didn't really know what I was going to do. And Owen called up and he said, look, there's a theater course here. Come, you know, why don't you come check it out? So I did. They accepted me, and then my teacher Mary Mulcahy, uh, you know, suggested that I go train properly. Yeah. And then I, you know, I, I went to audition Bristol Old Vic, uh, Central School of Speech and Drama, and Drama Centre, all you know, uh, in London. Those yeah. two were, and and I got accepted into Drama Centre, and that yeah. was it. Then I moved over here, and yeah. then here was the base for me, and I just sort of took it from then. So the 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 kind of starting point of of your career again it was the same for a mutual a friend of ours who i think had, had said he went to school with you uh a mr tom hardy yes. um kick things off in in, in band of brothers and it's it's yes. one of them films that i seem to constantly find people that i'm found and go oh oh were they in that like tom was, yeah. was one of them i didn't remember him in there yeah but he, he has you, a small thing but he really pops out in it right, i thought yeah, yeah, i thought yeah. he did a fantastic job in band of brothers yeah and you know he was recognised quickly, I think, in, yeah. by the industry. And um, you know he did that then very quickly. He did the film um, Star Trek Nemesis. Yes, of course. And then I think he went back to theatre and did a lot of that. And then you know um, and brought it all together in Bronson and stuff like that's that. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Tom was two years behind me. Right. So I was in my third year, I think, and he was in the first year. Right. Or yeah. maybe he was only one year behind. Anyway, he left by the end of the first year to do Band of Brothers yeah, yeah. and then we met again on that yeah. and then sort of crossed paths down, then through the through the years Amazing so the, the the one that kind of seemed to I mean you did a lot of, 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 of TV and again I love I love the kind of traditional British route of there's a lot of them specific kind of crime programs on TV and stuff mm. like that, that that people get to earn their stripes on and, and learn their way but the one that seemed to just qu- quite rightfully thrust you into the forefront was Hunger, which mm. was absolutely amazing. And how was that to take on playing such a, a, 
an important character and and in an important role and part of history obviously growing up in ireland and and, and visiting northern ireland a lot yeah i was shitting it can yeah. i say that on i can this? imagine yeah, yeah. you can yeah we're completely free it's the podcast world we can do what we want yes uh, yeah i was really you know nervous you know my mum comes from larne yeah. um like i say all my uh my all my irish relatives are, are, are from the north so you know we used to always go up and down there and obviously very in touch with the with the troubles there and I, I just wanted to make sure that we were respecting um that subject matter you know yeah. and uh, and as soon as i met steve mcqueen i just yeah. knew i had to work with him yeah i thought it, it went really well that yeah. first meeting i yeah. found out subsequently he didn't like me at oh, all really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was gary davy the casting director you know who said no listen get him back in to, oh, to, wow. to, to read, you know, because that was just an initial meeting. He was yeah. like, this is the guy, you know, I think you're going to you're going to agree with me. And then I came in and I did the reading and then, you know, it went from there. You know, Steve, they sort of offered it to me after that. Amazing. I love that. I love the I think people can underestimate at times the importance of of getting on with and impressing the the room in cast. Yeah, I wasn't very good at that. Not, <laughs> well, well, that's it, but you did with Gary. Obviously, you obviously got that. You you made the impression on the casting director, and that's that's such an important thing. I think people are always or would by or assume to be focused on that director mm. or, or or that writer or or that producer, and the casting director, as They're you just huge. declared, is the one that that fought your call and went. No, look, I've I've seen this guy. He can. He's got this. Absolutely. You know. Um, I really have to thank him, he, you know, and he, that that was from back, you know, I'd met him on Bad and Brothers, you know, yeah. Gary Davey. And right. so he had just sort of, you know, continued to sort of champion uh, me, uh, which fantastic. was uh, which was literally eight years later. Wow. Yeah, uh, of course. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Amazing. So um, another f- film, I'm, 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 I'm honestly not going to... Go through your entire back catalogue, but I'll, I'll, I'll pick some. But um, I live in a town called Stanfordly Hope, yeah, which is one train stop from Tilbury, okay, which yeah. is where Fish Tank or, or yes. the girl from Fish Tank was yes. found on on Tilbury um, train um, station. That's it was right. in all our local papers at the time. So, <laughs> so, so how was that to work on and, oh, and to be part of? Because again, it was another it's a great film, amazing gr- gritty story that just the, the realness of it, the confidence of a director to go no. I, there is there is story and there is obviously dr- drama and tension, but allowing a lot of it to just be to just she's, be real. She's great, you know. Yeah. A- Andrea is just a real proper filmmaker. She's yeah. a proper artist, and yeah. um, and she loves chaos and can harness it. You know, some directors cause chaos and can't really harness it, um, but she really does that very well. And she likes things to be unpredictable. So, for example, you know, I never got a full script of Fish Tank. Wow. She wanted to give me the lines the day before. And I was like, no, don't do that because I'll never learn them in time. You know, I I like to sort of learn the the lines and then let them rot. So I would get the weeks shooting at the weekend before and I could do my work then over the weekend and then take it sort of day by day. Yeah. So we did a lot of improvisation. We did a lot of sort of silent takes, you know, and Katie was just a natural yeah. You know, and she was great to work opposite. And uh, all of the cast, you know, Kirsten, um, the environment we were working in. Yeah. Robbie Ryan on the camera as well. He's fantastic. And just 
she captures this 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 sort of reality and grittiness and um uh, yeah just just life in its ugliness and be- beauty at the same time it's, uh, exactly yeah. that because it, it it is it is an ugly s- story being told i guess in many ways but it's n- at no point does it look as if it's it's looking down on anyone no it's, it's not it's, judgmental it's very much there going look here's just how things are some of it is shitty and some of it is beautiful that's, that's right. kind of it's finding those the, those bits in there that's right and sometimes they're working parallel yeah you know? yeah yeah uh and uh it was i really it's one of my favorite films that i've, that I've done yeah thank yeah. it's great well i mean then after you'd you know i finally convinced a mr mcqueen um you got <laughs> to, to you obviously won him over hugely because then you worked together on, on shame and that yeah. was again another film that i loved watching in the cinema and it really the thing that jumped out at me in your performance of it was it felt like a standout and a real career defining moment of a performance but for so many actors that performance is the one where they're being bombastic and over the top and the thing that stood out for me in that performance was your restraint and the amount of silence and the amount of just looks and getting it all across in tiny nuances and subtleties rather than here's my character and Mm. it is it is a a shocking character and a a conflicting story and you know a lot of 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 stuff there that's going to make you uncomfortable as a viewer but Mm. it's done with such a, a subtlety it felt like it must have been a, a again a great one to work on and be you know again work work we shot it in 25 days too so it was pretty oh, wow. it was That's pretty and yeah it was intense but then he shot 12 years a slave in 35 days which is incredible with yeah. one camera pretty much yeah um but that's you know that's all steve but um but the thing with the with Brandon in shame was I wanted this guy that was almost like it was a, a, a coiled spring. Yeah. You know, all the time. It's just at some point it's just going to, you know, uh, unleash. Yeah. Um, but it's always sort of restrained and held back. Um, and just, you know, again, working with the closeness of with, with, with Steve, Sean Bobbitt behind the camera, we've developed, you know, really... Uh, great understanding yeah and just again you know what's a big deal is, is i find is is the dance between the camera and the actor and yeah the rhythms that you create together yeah and uh i just you know it's uh, it, it you can see it in in all of steve's films he gets great performances out of it all, all of the actors yeah yeah everybody's sort of at their top level with him and it's uh yeah brandon was um was really tough sort of character just because you know of all of that psychological torture that's going on and uh uh, and having met you know sex addict and in new york to sort of get an understanding of that fear of intimacy was very uh um disturbing and and it's it's what's i suppose interesting about that addiction is you know sex is something that we're all predisposed to in such a primal way because we have to and, procreate and, and that recreate. is championed as well yeah. you know it's, it's one of the few addictions that is so championed and everyone's you know your mates will nudge you and that's yeah, right that's right good re- work well done kind of thing yeah pat but, on the back but what's what's strange about it is when you develop uh, an unhealthy relationship with it 
and you have to step back from it. It's sort of like uh, food as well. People that develop um, yeah. uh, an unhealthy relationship with food, these are things that we need, yeah. you know. Uh, it's like alcohol, we don't need it, you know. It, they're external things, gambling, maybe the same, but these things Completely. are sort of intrinsic in our makeup. And uh, and that's what makes it such a complicated uh, addiction. Because it's, it's not one that you can say, right, I'm going to cut this out now and go cold turkey and, and never have alcohol again. It's like, well, you... It's not realistic to go cold turkey on on sex or as said on food. It's mm. one that it's ones that you need to. It's like trying to get over an alcohol addiction, but needing but you have to have a, sh- a, sh- a couple of shots every day. Yeah, I'm trying to knock it on the head, but I need I have to have a couple every day for my own health. It's yeah, it's, it's I think you know controlling triggers. You know, yeah. so maybe alcohol is involved. You know, after three drinks, you start searching for that itch of. Having to sleep with somebody, find somebody yeah. uh, in a non-intimate way where you're still in control of things, but it is that you know real fear of that intimacy and yeah. loss of control through the intimacy, which yeah. is which is really, as I say, makes it very complicated. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that, that that helped tell that story or or put that on the next level was something you touched upon briefly, and and the intimacy between the cameraman and the actors. There mm. was such a closeness and warmth. The, there was a lot of... A, a lot of, 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 of not traditionally f- f- framed shots, even. Yes. Just really being in the scene, like, very abreast-on, kind of breaking that boundary, not just filming, here's our perfect background scene, just g- g- getting in and moving around and feeling like... You shouldn't you be in the room. Yeah, yeah, completely. You, yeah. You, you, you're at, at any minute, you're going to turn around... And go. Well, excuse me. Can you can you leave, please? Well, I'm what trying to masturbate here. here. Yeah, exactly. Can you? This is this is uncomfortable. Yeah. But how no, is that as an actor then? Because that is again, it, it must be a very intimate a, a relationship over that time with the cameraman because they are you're having to lose yourself in that performance and forget that they're there, but they're having to be very close to you and very mm. you know. Well, that's engaged. why you know for me, you know, the director obviously is the key component. Yeah. But. I, I very much find um, with the with the cameraman, it's a very or camera woman, it's a, again a very important relationship to to have that understanding and to be comfortable with uh, one another and to to understand the rhythms of one another and the yeah. distance. How far from the camera should I be? You know, uh, and that trust. In, like, it must be a huge amount of trust. Trust in that you can focus on your performance, and they're going to capture it well it's if it's you know also I mean, you're aware you, of them yeah. you know it's rather than going they don't exist i'm right. very much aware the camera is there right and yeah. then i sort of you know and then it's about that relationship with the camera and you develop a, a rhythm with yeah. one another and and like for example if because a lot of the times you know as you said steve sean bobbitt's got the camera on his shoulder yeah and we're moving like what well, if so for example the scene uh, in um, Twelve Years a Slave, where Epps is is whipping Patsy, yeah. you know, again it's a oneer. So to let Sean know in a movement that I'm going for the gun, so right, he yeah. knows that the camera's going down to the gun to give little hints of a movement. So you know, if I'm getting up, I don't get up immediately. Yeah, I make a sort of move to show them that I'm going to get up, and yeah. then he's primed and ready for that. And you can move in sync together, and it's like a dance. Yeah, and that's really enjoyable. That's amazing when you, when that you, you're you're giving each. That everyone is giving everyone cues as such. It's That's not the director or the AD just going. And now, and now, you're giving a cue to the cameraman who's giving a cue to over there. That there's there's going to be this movement, and it's yeah. this, and it's, it's the, the focus puller too. You know, yeah. you don't want to do something really of sort of 
you know, abrupt yeah. or totally uh, unexpected. It's nice to have unpredictability for sure because that creates an energy also. Yeah. But it's, it's 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 not always great when they miss it. So yeah. uh, so you wanna you wanna make sure that you're giving them little hints. Yeah, yeah. So um, another thing that you, I mean, it's it seemed you left it a, a while in in your career before pulling out a little trump card of of of, of speaking german being <laughs> uh, a handy a handy addition in in, in glorious bastards and yeah. indeed in x men first class yeah. um, they that was a really helpful thing to have in your back pocket right it was for sure I, I was for sure but i had to do a lot of work i have to say my <laughs> yeah. german's pretty poor uh, right. i'm ashamed to say um so and also <laughs> again Sharpen these tools, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely had to work a lot on the, on the Inglorious Bastards stuff in particular because it was such a long scene. And, yeah. And also, you know, Quentin was a, you know, such a huge hero of mine, as I say, you know, yeah. from Reservoir from Dogs. in a Reservoir Dogs play, yeah. It was right at the beginning for me, so... Um, I mean, how was that then, to get that from from when you, you know, when, yeah. you, when you directed a Reservoir Dogs play and then all your mates have left and you've kind of thought, am I going to work in hotels to... Fifteen years later, maybe or or whatever yeah. it is, I'm I'm being directed by. Those are those those are the incredible moments, yeah. you know, where yeah. you just think, wow, you know, so lucky, you know, that the dice rolled the right way and uh, in the right place, and uh, and then of course to make the most of that opportunity when you're in that place, but yeah, to get the opportunity, you yeah. know, and um, I've got to say, you know, my agent uh, Michael Cooper really pushed for that uh, inglorious uh, bastard's job and really yeah. fought to get me in the room. But I was preparing for Landa. That's the that's the funny thing because I was doing right. Fish Tank at the time. Yeah. So I was going in with sort of you know, not having a script for Fish Tank, so preparing that on the sort of on the night on the day to day basis. Wow. And then the 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 inglorious bastard script came my way. So they were like, we want you to take a look at Landa and Hickox. And I was like, well, I can't cover both here. So right. I just put all my eggs in the Landa basket. <laughs> yeah. And then I arrived in the in the audition and, and um, Quentin was like, okay, let's take a look at uh, Hickox. And I was like, what about Landa? And he was like, I cast Landa on Tuesday. And I was like, really? I was like, come on, give me a go. He was like, I've got my Landa, okay? And I was like, sure, no problem. Okay. <laughs> let's read Hickox. And I, it was pretty much a cold reading. So I came wow. out of that audition thinking, oh, no, I've blown it, you know. And um, luckily enough, uh, you know, a week later or 10 days later, I got the call and I was on board. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Have there ever been any, or is it a regular thing that you get any roles, that you nail it and you book it, and then you have that panic of, am I up to this? It is, I'm suddenly working with Quinton. It's like, it's amazing to chase it, but then there must be a, a level of fear when they go, oh, you've got it. And you're like, oh, Oh right! It's, I've got to do this now. Whoops. I've got to follow. <laughs> no, definitely always. You know, I have moments. Uh, doubt is is there. You yeah, know? and um, a healthy dose of that uh, for sure. And especially in the preparation time by myself yeah. when I'm working on things at home. And it's really only to the first day that you get on set that you're going to go. Okay, now it's time to show them whether yeah. you know this is I'm on target here or way off and yeah. uh, and that first day is always a little bit like you know have i uh, have i got this right thing is with 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 quentin he does a lot of rehearsals as well right and thankfully you know he was really we saw the character the same way plus he gives very clear indications where that character is coming from That's so perfect. it's like this character is based on george sanders yeah so i just went out and watched 
all the George Sanders material I could get. Amazing, yeah. And, you know, that's the thing about, you know, great directors. You know, they will give you the tools you need, and then it's clarity. whether you go off and do the homework or not. Yeah. And, you know, again, with Quentin, you better do the homework, because if yeah. you come to work unprepared, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, and he's someone who's going to know every character inside and out. Absolutely. And all of his, he's known for his references. So That's right. Deeply ingrained in his childhood, yeah. in his history. So He's got a character that might have two lines, but he knows that character, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, where yeah, their yeah. whole trajectory is. And that character might turn up in another film somewhere else, you yeah. know, or the brother, you know, yeah. the Vega, you know, yeah. Vincent Vega and um, Michael Madsen's character, yes. aren't they? They're yeah, yeah, brothers, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you, you know, he loves and knows his characters so well. Like I say, even if it's the smallest of character, he's got so much love for it. He wants to see you invest yeah. the same into it. You know? Be in there. So um, I'm a massive a comic book fan, and I think we're in a great place with comic book movies now because I think in recent years they've realized that comic book isn't – or superhero isn't the genre. It's, it's, it's a plot line. And so we've got like Ant-Man was essentially a rom-com and Logan was a Western, but Mm -hmm. it felt like it started with X-Men First Class, which felt like a Bond movie kind of thing. It didn't, it was the first that didn't feel like it was going, the, the story is that they're superheroes. It was like, no, the story is everything else. Part of the plot is that they're superheroes, but that wasn't the, the be all and end all. That's correct. You know, I think that was, you know, Matthew Vaughn was very, um, you know that was his vision with it, yeah. and uh, and I think he was very clear that that's how he was. He wanted to approach it, but I guess you know the first X Men, the very first one that Brian Singer yeah. did, that really kind of kick started this yeah. whole sort of you know superhero thing. Completely. Of course, there was always Spider Man and Superman, yeah. Um, but the to, to, the to really get the sort of comic book genre going. I yeah. guess it, you know, it's in that way of the that. huge box office as well, and, Correct, and yeah. continuing on was yeah. it, it started with that. So, how was the pressure then to step into video game territory? Um, or, or, or no, to, to, to step into the the boots of of of, of, of McKellen? Oh, and yeah. Leo, and this yeah. where they have set that out, and you're going. Well, now we're going back. Yeah. How was that? Well, it's good. You know, I like those sort of pressure things where you know you have somebody of Ian McKellen's, you know. He's one of the greats. Yeah. So, course. you know, I was first off very flattered that I was sort of chosen as the young version yeah, of him. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, you better do it justice because uh, he's such a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that pressure is good, you know? And also the pressure of the great thing about comic book fans is they're so passionate. And, you know, you go to Comic-Con, you see that, and they're very vocal. <laughs> yeah. And they're honest about their um, how they feel that they're this... Uh, world that they're so yeah. close to and feel so connected to is, is being handled in the right way. I see. I was going to say you describe it as the great thing because you, 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 you're in one of the ones that got it right. No. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's, it's the not great thing in the ones that aren't because they are very vocal and very yeah. angry about yeah. things. When, that's right. When things things don't go right. But so, yeah. you know that's going to happen too. <laughs> you know if you're going to roll the dice and risk things and you know I think only through risking things you really learn thing. You know yeah. learn your your craft or uh, get an experience out of it is by taking the risks. Yeah. They don't always land. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we've spoken of the pressure there. How was the pressure then? stepping into after a long time waiting the the return of alien and a prometheus and then and then covenant how was 
how was that to be well you know again right you, thrown in the middle of all that mm, i mean you know when the call came in for prometheus the first thing you know was like wow working with ridley scott yeah and i was shooting x-men yeah when ridley was at pinewood scouting the studios and I saw him. And this is highlighting know. what I'm saying about you've not had a day off in this 10-year no, period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was, sh- was shooting this when this came in, and then I was shooting yeah, yeah. that, yeah. No, it happened like that. It was hop, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I just remember going, God, that's really Scott over there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And then I was on set with him, and it was the first day, and I was really quite intimidated, you know. And uh, and he's just such a, an easygoing guy. Oh, really? He's such a relaxed director, generous we have so much fun. We've become really close friends. And, and sort of, so absolutely that first experience with Prometheus, I remember actually I was doing, just before Prometheus, I was doing Shame. So Shame came in between. Right, yeah. And uh, I remember Steve was going, you just got to have fun for sure. He was like, you must have fun with this. Yeah, just and, go and enjoy And it. so that's, you know, day one, Prometheus got on like a house on fire with Ridley and we just had a lot of fun shooting it. So coming back to Alien, I was really excited to get into it. Yeah. And to to reprise David again. I had yeah. fun with that character. And yeah. And to play with the character in, in Covenant because there was multiple versions of the you know I mean you yeah, got yeah. to really have fun with that kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see the different other uh, uh, directions I want yeah, to I get to take step, him in. step back as myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well I'll wrap things up now and just ask kind of of, of what's ahead I know um, there's more as- Assassin's Creed up. I, I don't mean, know actually you don't, I don't know I don't know if there will be no I, I haven't heard anything yeah from Ubisoft they've gone very quiet alright I mean. <laughs> so, so, so are you looking at a bit of a gap and, and some time off or I mean I don't know if it'll be on on the table yet but a reprise in your role as as, as Harry Hole in, 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 in further ones obviously it there's teasing in there. There's there's potential for many more. There's plenty of books. Story great stories there. I, like I say, I really enjoyed playing the character. I really have a lot of love for 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 the character. So absolutely, I'd be up for going again. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for your time and enjoy a bit more time off. You know, do a bit more surfing and a, I will. And, and drive a few more cars <laughs> for sure. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. There we go. How was that? I, th- I hope you all enjoyed that. A few people, when I had James McAvoy on and when I had Eddie Izzard on, um, are always nervous. And I get nervous of it when it's a press junket because the fear is that it's going to be a bit... The, the thing people tend to like about this podcast is how relaxed it is and how much we get into other things rather than just promoting a one film. I think that you'll have seen from this episode that this is kind of how I should be doing them. Like that was 45 minutes of straight to the point raw power and we got through everything. We covered a lot of ground. But but what I should mention again that yeah, The Snowman comes out on October 13th in the cinemas all over the UK, so give that a look. So if this is your first time listening the other podcasts are basically that but just not as tight just spread out a bit more more rambly 
more of me talking over people. It's not really, but some people say that because if I'm excited, we get all jumpy and jumpy. And if I don't know, um, New York, let me tell you about that. So I had originally it was meant to be a week in LA and a week in New York to, to, to have meetings on the acting front and to do some podcasts. But because this podcast came in, I had to cut it short. So I had. I guess three days in LA and three in New York or three and a half, I don't know, a day of travel essentially to to get from LA to New York. And LA was amazing, I had loads of really good meetings, man, I'm lucky to be getting in, in rooms with some of these people, I'm three years into a blooming acting career and I'm getting to sit down with insanely big casting directors, it's amazing. I won't go into any of it because it will bore you but... I literally, I finished every day out there just with the biggest smile on my face and went back to my Airbnb just to prep stuff and prepare for the next day and uh, and things like that. So it was a lot of fun. And then I went to New York and I had one day spare because I was meant to have some meetings and they fell through. So I walked around for six hours and took some photos and posted them on Instagram. I went to see a Brooklyn-based film called Beach Rats which has is currently in my t- in my top ten films of the year. I absolutely adored it. Um, and then it turned out my old pal Stephen Graham was in New York by pure chance. He's out there doing a film at the moment. And um, he the the morning I woke up in New York, he posted in a group message that a few of us have got just a, a picture of New York. And I was like, dude, I'm here too. So we met up and had a catch up, and that was lovely. And then I recorded two podcasts. I recorded one with. Johnny Lee Miller, um, and that was amazing. We talk about tr- Train Spotting Two. We talk about Train Spotting w- w- One. For God's sake, Love on an Obey, Elementary, him moving to America, the the ups and downs when the first Train Spotting went out because he had a lot of hype, and by his own description and admission, he didn't necessarily behave perfectly at the time. So that's a really good one. And then I sat down with Gene Gray. And Gene was one of the first names on my list when I started this podcast. And we've just not been in the same country. Um, if you're not familiar with Jean Gray, she's one of my favourite rappers of all time. And just, we've got the same mind. It was spooky to sit down. Because it's the, it's, the, the, it's the first time we've sat down together. We did a phone interview once on my radio show back in the day and we interact a load over over social media but we sat down and had an hour and a bit of just going yeah we're our minds are the same we're the same person in different places and upbringings and scenarios so that's a really good episode i can't wait for you to hear that um i'm not sure when that'll be out because i've got a few other guests lined up in the coming weeks that have kind of specific release dates that they need so you know the way i do that is if i'm back if i get a chance to meet with people i'm never going to say no but with johnny and gene it's like well there's no no rush to to put them out i've got the live podcast i need to put out still so that'll be out um in a couple of weeks um yeah so next week i never normally speak of episodes before i've recorded them but as you listen to this on wednesday I should be having or going and talking to Russell Howard. Um, so that'll be out next week, probably. I'm not sure. I don't know. I've got a lot of guests I lined up. It's a bit mental at the moment with this trip. So I recorded 
Johnny Lee Miller and Jean Grey in the evening in New York. Then the next day, I flew overnight to London, drove straight from the airport to record this episode with Michael Fassbender. Then had a day to prep it all, send it off, and then go and record another one with a Russell Howard. And then there's meant to be two more beginning of the week after that. So it's all a bit crazy in the distraction pieces our world at the moment, but beautifully crazy. And it blows my mind that you guys are supporting and pushing these numbers through the roof. Again, this week's episode is an illustration, but if you saw the names I'm being approached about at the moment... It'd blow your mind. It's blowing my mind that this podcast started out as a list of people I'm either mates with or have got mates of mates and can get on some kind of contact with. And um, yeah, it's turned into a bit of a beast and it's all down to you guys. So thank you very much for supporting. If you're new to this and want to f- to follow me at Scroobius Pipio on Instagram and Twitter, facebook.com slash scroobius pip we've also got distraction pieces pages so go and follow them please so the d pieces network on twitter distraction pieces network on instagram and distraction pieces podcast on facebook that's confusing i know just have a hunt about (laughs) you'll figure it out it'll be fine i'm gonna go now um i think that's everything i need to tell you have i missed anything um oh there's going to be so i will be be putting out the live podcast from dublin and the hardcore listing lads will be putting out the live drunk cast from dublin so keep an eye on all of that there's a lot going on it's very exciting and yeah i'll see you all in a bit speech development records.com i've I've gone weak on 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 pushing that and, and now haven't i i admit it i'm guilty of that but um, I'm too busy to make money at the moment. <laughs> I'm too busy creating f- free content and enjoying myself. So I'll get get back on that hard sell soon, I promise. Oh, I, I will give a little plug now for my shoes. I did a collaboration with OHW Shoes. If you go to OHWShoes.com, you can check out the collaboration I did. Um, appreciate any support there. I'm really pleased with them and proud of them. I wore them as I walked for six hours around Brooklyn and Williamsburg and East Village and downtown Brooklyn and all over the place. So yeah, check it out. Anyway, I'm going to go because this is rambling and nonsense. I will catch you all next week, hopefully with a Russell Howard. If anything has gone wrong with that or there's a delay, fear not. I've got loads of good podcasts in the bag and loads more to come. See you all in a bit. Ta-ta.